remember it. <laughs> I don't remember anything being called Dark Pig. Do you yeah, remember Pig remember from Back either. in the Barnyard? I don't remember Back from the Barnyard. I don't know what that is. I don't uh, know either, actually. Is that a Cartoon Network thing? A uh, Disney Channel? Boomerang? Boomerang. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. I, I named everything but that. I don't think I've watched anything from Nickelodeon as a kid. Uh, it's fine. I will say it was a bad TV show, but I loved it. <laughs> I watched, uh, well, I mean, didn't you watch Spongebob? I thought that was on Nickelo Nickelodeon. It was on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Oh, shit, that was. I didn't, I forgot. Well, I mean, not as a kid. I watched it more as a teenager because I didn't have cable as a kid. What else was there? Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy uh, Neutron. The Adventure. That is true. Yeah, I don't remember. Fairy oh, yeah, Fairy Odd Parents. Oh, yeah, 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 that is. Okay, so I did watch a lot more Nickelodeon stuff then. As a teenager, not a kid. Uh, Danny Phantom. Uh, we were just uh, talking about that, actually. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Oh, that's pretty good. Danny Phantom. I, so I remember the intro, I think. I love the intro. The intro was good. I think I remember the intro. He fight, like, the villain is like a red, no, not red, a black, greenish, vampire-looking guy. He reminds me like what I think Dracula was in the in the show. Maybe I don't know if he was. A er I'm guessing he's not a that ghost. wrong. His name Are was you ever gonna watch it? Are you ever gonna watch it? I don't think so. Okay, I can I can say this no, because do. I was gonna say, why the fuck does he get a mech? <laughs> I hate mechs. <laughs> so Who gets uh, a are you talking mech? about Danny, Vlad, or Jazz? <laughs> <laughs> Because I think Vlad had a mech for a while. I don't remember that part. Danny had the mech. I think it was because um he got the mech, and I was just like, God damn it! I didn't I want to watch a mech. It. <laughs> I mean, a mech TV show. <clears throat> Wait, was Vlad Danny the bad guy? Was Vlad yeah, was one of the bad guys? I mean, he was, was like he the, the main, main villain. One? Yeah, on and off. Uh, he was, was like the, the ultimate villain at the end. Who was the vampire guy? Vampire. That's him. That's, That's him. Him. So he Vlad was not even the main villain then. I mean, he's his most—he's his most recurring arch nemesis. Okay, okay I wouldn't say main villain, but he wasn't the <clears throat> boss villain. See, the boss at the end. Here's the thing about Danny Phantom: the end, there is no final like one person boss. It was Danny had to find a way to like stop an asteroid from hitting the Earth. <laughs> that was the final episode, and that was the finale there. And then so, Vlad is an idiot. Something and that he could to... fix, even while not being transformed. Because his family is no. supposed to be scientists, aren't they? They uh, The way they stopped it was Danny got all the ghosts from the ghost zone to turn the earth intangible. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the right. just went through it. I loved... Uh, sorry for nerding out here for a second. I loved Vlad's stupid plan. Because he was mayor of... Uh, he was mayor of the town. And then uh, he said... Uh, he revealed that he was a ghost to the entire world. And he said, I will stop the asteroid if you make me president of the world. But if you don't, I will not stop the asteroid. And so they made him the ruler of the world. Uh, and he went to the asteroid to to turn it intangible. And it turns out the, go the, the asteroid somehow, coincidentally, was made out of an anti-ghost energy field. And so he couldn't touch it. And he's like, well, this sucks. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Remember? That's how the series ended. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Danny liked that other girl, and then like, I thought she was kind of like, eh. Time of Valerie? Is that her name? The black girl. What's her? Was she black? I don't even know, man. <laughs> the one who tried to kill him. 
Was it Valerie? She was she was the one who turned into a ghost hunter. Oh my god. I, oh yeah, by bad. the way, David, there's another similarity that Danny Phantom and uh, Jake Long had in common. It's the fact that they both had a love interest for at least uh, some amount of time, um, where the character was secretly a hunter trying to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, what was that? Uh... Well, that happens in every show. Sabrina, Teenage Witch, she falls in love with the witch hunter. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure that's where Danny Phantom stole that from. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Butch Hartman isn't really that, like, original in his ideas. He just knows how to steal things from other places and repurpose them for his own. Uh, and, like, repurpose them enough where they sound original enough. And nobody really bats an eye. Uh, Danny even... Phantom is just Spider-Man, but with a kid who could turn into a ghost instead. Yeah, instead of a yeah. Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know why I, Prove you know I wish have an they, upside they, down they... kiss? I'm pretty I mean, sure they, they could have. I mean, they probably did, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the one thing I didn't like was how Tucker didn't really get, <laughs> get anyone. There was that one. No, no, hold on. You say that, and that's funny because there was that one episode where he wanted to get a date, and he told Danny, "Hey, you can possess people, right?" And then Danny's like, "No, I'm not doing what you're thinking of, you gross idiot." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Come on, just for five minutes, man." <laughs> Uh, in hindsight, I'm just like, wait, hold on, they let them get away with that, okay. <laughs> Man, I forgot about all these freaking, like, villains. The lunch oh, the lady. <laughs> oh my god. You will fear the box ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I was watching back. a top ten list of deadliest uh, villains from Danny Phantom, and box ghost made it to number one. And then the guy's like, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's just a meme. Uh, It is a terrible meme. Uh, But I would have still believed that Box Ghost would have been a terrifying villain on his own accord. If not for the fact that uh, every other ghost is is worse than him. (laughs) Can I just say the the most powerful ghost that they've ever fought, I think... And I could be wrong when I say this. The most powerful ghost they ever really fought um, only made one appearance, uh, and it was like a, it was the Christmas special. The and I know this is gonna sound like Marvel. Did they do, but they, his, they did play off of like the Christmas Carol or something? Yeah, they did because it was his name was the Ghost Writer, uh, and like when he wrote things down, they would become real or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, well, hold on, this guy is just the author. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how he beat him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, how are you going to beat someone that has that power? I don't remember how he did it, man. Um, There was also Desiree, who, like, her power was weird. She was a wish granter, but, like, every time she would grant a wish, it would, like, create ghosts. And that's how she did it. And she was the only per Her and Dexter were the only two people that were canonically dead people ghosts. Like, every other ghost, I think they were just born that way. David. Yes. When the fuck did you start the freaking record? I started it a long time ago. Well, you can tell when I started it. I started about seven minutes ago. Well, obviously, I can tell when you started it. I was just asking you. 
Hey, Dave, Why did you, you want to did you want to tell us that we were recording before I started uh, spazzing out about Danny Phantom? <laughs> oh, no, he he wanted to keep that. Well, it's because whenever we talk freely like this, you're like, oh, shit, I wish I hit record or I wish we were recording. <laughs> you're not keeping this in the episode. Some, we have some good. I don't know how much of this I'm actually going to keep. I'm, I might keep, like, if not all of it. Maybe oh like half of it. I don't know. But since you guys are no longer gonna be talking, hey guys, welcome back to the <laughs> Infinite Adventures podcast. How's everyone doing today? I feel betrayed. <laughs> betrayed, I say. I've been used, abused, almost like I was possessed by a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> He's a phantom. Anyway, <laughs> I'm doing amazing. You didn't sound like you were doing amazing. Amazing. Uh, Wait, g- hang on, hold on, hold on. Justin, give it, g- give it one more shot. <clears throat> Amazing! <laughs> oh boy, you trilled your voice there for a second. I'm like Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> like when he plays a supervillain or something. Well, I will say, uh, if you have not already noticed, I'm pretty sure you would have noticed by now. That we're not uh, amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say that we were missing one person. We're mediocre at best. It's fine. Again, I was going to say that we're missing a person. Uh, Don is not here today. He was unable to join us. And it was uh, extremely last minute when he told us. Because I think he literally told us like in the morning of today. And we have anyone else to record. Um, and then also John... Decided to tell us also last minute that he's going to be out of town for a week. So we don't have time to wait for him to come back to record. Uh, because we need to get this episode recorded now. Mm-hmm. I, I, my bad, by the way. I am going to be going to New York, though. Not the city, the state. Uh, I have been <laughs> I telling us every single I don't think you have to say that. <laughs> If you told me, hey, I'm going to New York, I'll be like, be like oh, sweet, New York City? Be like, no, okay, you're going to New York. I I understand why you say it. Oh, I will also say, I will also be going to Ottawa, so if any fans out there who are listening are from Ottawa, you just missed me because this is coming out after I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if we did have any fans, they were like, oh, shit, he's in I- 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 Ottawa? Let me get ready. I, and then they hear this David, part, like, oh, shit. David, have you seen our our, uh, our uh, uh, metrics? We do have people listening to us from Canada. I don't know who they are. They're not all what the one person that I know from Canada, too, which is the weird thing. <laughs> <clears throat> the weird thing is, what if it was just that one person? But it's uh, from multiple sources. You can tell looking at the thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, how cheap are smart devices now these days? I should really, <laughs> I should really turn down the volume on my phone on, on that. Okay. Or maybe it's a Canadian phone. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so today's episode is going to be a little bit of a weird one. Uh, I, without giving too much away, you guys don't have to worry. It's not going to be a combat heavy. If there is any combat in this episode, I do want to say something really re- wrong. There should not be any form of combat today. Um, I got you. I got you on that. <laughs> okay, so I, I do want to know if at any point you hear me say roll for initiative, something went really wrong. Super wrong. Like, how wrong are you saying? I mean, like, I have no monsters on my computer, no monster sheets anywhere around me, so I don't even know what you'll be getting in combat with. 
so we're but all I hope that's not already, too so. much of a spoiler on that. So, uh, to tell you the truth, I wasn't 100% sure how to start off this episode, um, mostly because I kind of had to redo everything uh, for today. Any particular reason why you had to redo everything? Well, because Dawn isn't here. Oh, fuck, that's right, Dawn's not here. Oh my god, did you? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Can, can I just re-listen to this really quick before we start? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think I'm done, I'm done goofing. I'm done goofing. I'm done goofing. Okay, so. Uh, like I said, I wasn't 100% sure how to start this episode out. Um, because um, I've been thinking about it telling a story that didn't have any any room to fit in here, actually. But, um, okay, so, last thing that happened in the, uh, previous session, um, not exactly the la this last session, but you guys, uh, finally went through the whole mansion, uh, from top to bottom and even below that, um, and you guys successfully found the Star Stella, of course, you found it, not in the condition you guys thought it was gonna be all broken up into pieces, but you actually found the actual structure itself, um, yeah, guys examined it and everything and there wasn't any change to it and there's nothing different between this star stella and the other two that are located throughout the city and so um you guys were still wondering how they were able to do what they were doing with the star stella uh of course before you actually took your time to study it you did uh encounter a few weird bird insect creatures um, I can't, I don't remember their exact names. They started with bees, but, um, you fought these creatures that came from this portal, in a sense, created by the mist. And also you fought the one person you've been hearing about a lot, uh, Melissa. Um, with the help of Mr. Sunday, y'all, uh, I would, y'all actually handled the fight pretty good, uh, with the only, like, actual big cost was Asal losing his sight, uh, being permanently blinded, um, but other than that, uh, everything else went somewhat, almost completely smoothly, um, sadly, they thought you guys were gonna have trouble, which is why I asked for Phil to come in, and, uh, it turned out that maybe y'all had too much help at that, <laughs> for that session, Perhaps. but, uh, but yeah, uh, the basement, sub-basement was cleared. You guys decided to head back with uh, everything you've uh, found. Uh, took Melissa and Accuser Amir's body. And you guys headed to the Sleepless Agency. Um, you guys shared the news with... Uh, who was it? Cezadiah. Uh, she was the one waiting in the agency. Um... Because before you guys even went back to the mansion, of course, you had the incident with the town being attacked, uh, houses burning down. Uh, you had a lot of injured people in that little incident. And um, Winter, being a cleric, being having the, this magical healing, knowledge and healing, was busy attending the, the I mean, those uh, injured. Um, you shared your news with Cezadiah. She took it pretty good. Um, her not being that close with Kuzer Amir, her death didn't affect her 
as much. Uh, not that she didn't care, but it just she didn't know her that well. Her death does still sting a bit. Um, she says she's a great woman. She did not deserve that death. But uh, she was mostly worried with accuser, not accuser, with uh, Winter's reaction. Uh, you guys, um, she leaves to go get her. She comes to the sleepless agency and you informed Winter and everything you guys experienced and encountered and found in the mansion. Uh, and again, that being accuser, accuser Mir's body. Uh, she does not take it well from what we saw in the last session. And now we found ourselves here in the moment where uh, Anya, I think it was Anya, if that activate the plate, um, trying to see if they can get any information out of uh, Melissa's body. I think I think I did mention it, but uh, Winter told y'all that the device doesn't work like you want it to work. Um, you know that the device lets you speak with certain things, almost like casting speak with something. Uh, this device uh, acts like someone casting speak with undead. Um, now, they can choose to not be, be brought back to life with a will save. Um, even if they fail the will save, um, they are brought back back to life for that instant of the spell's duration and you're allowed to ask it any questions um, there's nothing that prevents them from either lying or not answering at all um, and if they do answer uh, they can give be direct or be very cryptic uh, depending on how you ask the question can sometimes affect whether it will be a direct answer or cryptic answer um she brought she came back to life i didn't bother to do a will save on her she just came back to life knowing that even if you did find a way to bring her back to life she was not going to tell you anything and she didn't bastards <laughs> and now you're left with nothing in the sense of information um you do have the books you found in the mansion and you also have a journal that you guys almost literally burnt because you wanted to burn her body and no one even bothered to search her body beforehand. Um, but I kind of told y'all as Mr. Sunday, which I, I'm still a little bit like, it, it, it's, it's like in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know if I should have, but, um, <laughs> but I did. And so you guys searched your body and you found a book in a journal. Uh, one of her book, uh, the other book is a, I, I think I said it, it's treated as her spell book. You, uh, Anya was looking through it and she can tell it was like spell book, like written, uh, written in that style. So, oh, uh, there's that. Since none of y'all are any kind of casters, then that's not even going to be a, uh, useful for y'all. But, um, I guess before we jump right where we left off, uh, we'll go, um, I'll I'll start with a little story, and this takes place back at the mansion ground. You guys are leaving the uh, are leaving the actual building itself, the mansion, dragging um, Melissa's body out, 
And at this point, as you guys are having the conversation on whether to just incinerate her body with the uh, the alchemist fire, or maybe give her a somewhat of a proper barrier, or, or just you know be a little bit more respectful. And while you guys are having this conversation, um, we see like picture the camera zooming in to Melissa's lifeless body and then it fades into black as we're in this void you start to hear the sound of traffic it sounds like we're in a very busy very congested place you hear the sound of people yelling out products of food uh, you hear other people yelling out about some fancy clothing or belts or weaponry they're having and as as the screen clears up we see that we're in what looks to be a shopping center in a city that we do not know where as the camera pans around here it sneaks into an alleyway and we see a little girl about the age of probably five or six and we see her hiding behind a box like a little empty crate and it looks like she's looking at something like scouting something out and if we look in that direction we see that she has her eyes on a man who is selling fruit a variety of fruit some that probably your characters would even know where they came from and then we then we see her put her hand in her mouth and she whistles a a weird pattern and next you know we see a group of little kids run up to that stand grab a handful of fruit and just dash out into the street uh the merchant standing behind the, his stand sees this and run after the kids telling people to stop them stop them they stole from me they have my they have my product stop them and the and the uh, merchant man just runs off as he does the little girl standing in the alleyway ducks out from there and runs straight straight to his stall he start she she runs with the knowledge of where she wants to be and she runs to the back of the stall and she ducks down in a small little, um, in a small little, uh, little, uh, how you, what do you call them? Little open, like little bunk, I guess. A little, like a little storage place that he has behind there. And when she gets there, we see that there is a handful of coins, like, of bags of coins there. Uh, we see that she had scouted the man long enough to know where he was hiding his money. Uh, she is excited. She's never seen this much gold before, this much uh, money before. And she nervously reaches down to grab two sacks. And as she turns to run, she trips on one of the little legs on the stand, on the stall. And the whole thing comes crashing down as she trips. This whole commotion causes the, the merchant to turn around and see this little girl again about the age of five six the oldest on the floor with two bags of coin in her hand 
we see rage fill the fill up this man as he turns around and starts yelling, "Stop her! Stop her! She has my money! She has my gold!" And the little girl stands up with like terror in her face as she bolts back down through the alley that she was hiding from, uh, thinking that maybe she was fast enough to uh, to probably hide behind something. She turns back to see that the man is almost right right behind her not that far and so she she knows she can't hide in this alleyway so she ducks out through the other end and starts running down the streets trying to hide between the other other shoppers here trying to make sure to lose them she's small she's tiny she can probably evade him but um everyone's moving out of their way to let her run which is giving this man this merchant the these um, constant sight of her so he's chasing her down and it gets to the point where she starts panicking she she drops one of the coins to see if maybe that can help you know help cause a commotion from the from the other people and she sees that it works and, and she ducks through a small street and then she waits there for a few minutes she is out of breath she is shaking in fear and nothing the merchant does not appear and so she is happy she's like i did it i did it <sighs> oh, okay i gotta catch up with the other two i gotta go find them and so she continues walking down her street and then she sees the merchant pop out in front of her it seems like he had taken a a shortcut she was not aware of and ended up in front of her in down the street she is so ex tired exhausted she doesn't feel like she can continue but her fear gets to her and she turns around and before she can even start to run she bumps into a man and she falls over dropping a bag and she is um, she's scared Again, she her the fear just grows within her because now she knows that she doesn't have time to grab pick up the coins because the merchant is gonna catch up to her. But she looks up and sees a man um, that does not belong in this town. Does not is not wearing the normal or traditional garb of this town. He is wearing a elegant suit. Uh, with uh, almost in with the gold and brown colors, and um, she the man looks down and goes uh, uh, and picks up the the little girl and asks, "Are are you okay?" Like, and she doesn't answer. And behind her, you hear the merchant yell out, "Stop! Don't let her go! Don't she has my money? Don't let her go!" And the mer the man. Uh, bends down and picks up the coins and the sack and goes is this true little girl and the little girl doesn't answer and she goes like ah. he grabs the bag and as the merchant steps up he tosses him the bag there goes your money you may go leave the little girl the merchant yells out like no give me the no I'm taking the little girl to the guards and they will take care of her 
as he says that, we see a cart pull up next to them as two men in yellow robes walk out and stand to the left and right of this one man. And he tells them, he tells the yellow robe men to help guide this man where he needs to go. And merchants seeing these guys with weapons on their side doesn't bother to fight back or to try to take the girl and all we are left with is with the merchant turning around and telling the girl I better not see you here again or I will turn you into the guards uh, the yellow Romans grab him by the shoulder and guide him out into uh, what the little girl thinks is where his stall is located at um, the old ma- the, the man turns back to the little girl and, and ask him and ask you know, why, why did you steal from this man? He's an honest man trying to do an honest job. And the little girl doesn't answer. If you won't answer my questions, then answer me just this one thing. What is your name? The little girl turns around, I mean, turns to see, look at him eye to eye. Um, my name is Melissa. It's like, hmm. That is, that's a nice name, Melissa. And the man eyes her up and down and goes, Seems like you're not living a nice life, are you? You're hungry, I can tell, aren't you? The little girl shakes her head and goes like, You know, I lost my daughter a long time ago. And you remind me a lot of her. Did, do you want to, uh, do you want to come with me? You want to travel the world? And Mollison's eyes kind of blow up in somewhat a little bit of joy, but there's still a little bit of concern in her eyes. She goes like, you know, come with me. And I promise you that you will no longer suffer living in these streets. And um, Mollison, a little bit scared, a little bit nervous, shakes her head. Okay. Okay. I'll go. And she jumps into the cart with this man and they ride off. A few days pass and Melissa is walking throughout this mansion. It belongs to the man. She's surprised. She thought this man wasn't rich or anything like that, but he owns a mansion. She is waking up at night um, due to some noises and so she starts walking through the halls she sees that his office he has the candles lit which is weird it's late at night and so she goes to see what's going on as she gets there she sees she sees the same yellow robed men but these times there are four of them and one of them is wearing an even more elegant robe. And she sees that the man who's wearing the most elegant one is the man that saved her. And they hear she hears chanting coming from the other side, not really making not really knowing what is being said. And then she sees all five of them 
raise up a dagger and just plunge it down with the sound of a man's yell falling right behind it. She is completely struck with fear that she runs back into her room and just waits. Um, she waits until she hears the the robemans leave the office, go downstairs, and leave the building. She catches her breath and she walks back to the office and opens the door to see what remains. And she sees that the man laying on the floor, the one who had just been stabbed five times, was the merchant. As she looks around the room, she sees right in, right in the front wall, right where this man was standing, the man that saved her, is a symbol that she's never seen before. And it's smothered with blood. She walks up to it and starts to examine it as she hears the door shut behind her. She turns around to see the man that saved her standing behind her. He tells her, Are you scared? Are you terrified? Do you know what that symbol is? And the little girl shakes her head like, no, not many do, but that belongs to a god, a great one, named Hasta. And this man helped me give life to Hasta. And does that scare you? And the little girl turns to look at the man, the merchant, that lies dead on the floor. She reaches down to a pool of his blood and kind of messes with her with it playing with it between her fingers and she stands up and she asks can this god save me and the old man looks a little bit surprised this god make you as strong as you want and she takes the blood and on her forehead she draws the yellow mark and she looks to the man and says then teach me And then we're back at the sleepless agency. As the life leaves Melissa's body for one last time. As the spell is undone. And now it's just the three of y'all with Winter standing in Don't the street. Don't try to make me. Don't ever try to make me feel bad again. Um, <laughs> about uh, uh, about killing someone who is a fun uh, who we know for a fact is evil. Never again. <laughs> I felt bad for at the very beginning, but then uh, not really towards the end. Whenever it's like, oh yes, yeah, this has to bullshit anyway. So that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, the, 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 I don't know. It, it's it's weird. Um, 
you, you pull that shit on us again. I, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna force Donovan to come back over here. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that what makes the story good? It's when they make you feel bad for the villain. I know. I like Joker. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't feel so good about the end of that movie, but I did. <laughs> hey, if uh, that's a psychological problem, uh, well then. Uh, mm. Uh, well, you know, uh, authorities, uh, you know who to find. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those, it's like, there's a lot more to her story, which, I don't know, maybe I'll get to down the line, but... I will say... It's, it's, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, um, because I've been reading The Adventure Path for another campaign, I think we already mentioned it before, but I'm not gonna right now. Um... And they are really in depth on their characters' backstories for NPCs you only maybe ever meet once, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of sad sometimes. It's like as the DM, you know, it's up in your character's head, and it's like, man, you really want to squeeze the juice as much as you can. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I can tell y'all this backstory, but your characters never know it, and it's like, what? Okay, because I, I think the one thing that if like when it comes to the character's backstories, I think the one character that it affects the most is Assad, because Assad has taken this vow of not wanting to kill people willy-nilly. It's like you have to have a good reason for Assad to even kill someone, even though like I think you first mentioned when you first made him, when you first told me about him, you're like, oh, I don't want him to kill other humans. But then you slowly really kind of backtracked yeah. it to, okay, he's only going to kill evil people and, like, non-humanoids. And then you pushed it a little bit more back with, okay, he will only kill if it's, like, self-defense and if it's <laughs> evil people and, like, other creatures. <laughs> but, I mean, you it's like, you try to make a solid as pure as you can. It's like, he's not just going to kill someone because he wants to kill someone. He's going to kill someone because it feels like that's the only choice he has left. And it's right. It's like, and what if Assad like knew her backstory? I mean, I could have gone into like like oh. deeper detail in her backstory, like try to show that she suffered more as a kid. But um, I mean, that would have been like a whole episode maybe of like her backstory, and that's not exactly. Like, sadly, yeah, that sadly would have we just can't changed. do that because yeah, that's not affecting the actual story of strange eons that's just the character story but but yeah she suffered as a kid she was homeless she was abandoned by her parents and lived off whatever she can find or steal and the only reason she grew up with haster is because she saw herself being so weak and this man who basically becomes her father she as she again she was six years old at most in the book it says like she's young it, it, like five to six years old and so basically she finds this man that saves her becomes her father in a sense and introduces her to this god who claims can give her so much power it's like who wouldn't want to accept that coming like from nothing in a sense right I will say um I've been really thinking about my character a lot obviously um and uh one of the things I noticed about him is that you you harp on me for this too, and I really thought about it. And um, I said that in his past he was kind of like an angry person, and he let the anger get the best of him. But then I realized something kind of, and this is kind of funny and kind of stupid. And I realized it 
only is a coincidence more than anything else because I have just not I just didn't play the character the way I had originally intended him for to be. And it's that uh, I was like, wait, but I feel like as an excuse, I guess you could call it, um, the fact that he lost his memories of all the the stressors that would have caused him to be angry were gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so like like in the past, yes, and it's funny, the irony that going to this asylum really did cure him of that. <laughs> I, mean, oh, I, that I guess that is one way to cure mental issues just completely erase your memory don't remember ever having any mental issues oh, God, um, but I feel like um, I feel like a nice little um, uh, 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 change in that is his rampant paranoia because he's been he's been getting a bit paranoid about a lot of different things and I still like keeping him doing that because it's it's just fun to do. Um, it's it's a little reflection of my own paranoia of a lot of other things. Uh, if I was in this situation, I would not be in it at, at all. I, I would have just died. Um, but still, <laughs> God. Well, I mean, good thing you're playing a sod and not John. Uh, Boy, oof. I would have been level zero. I would have died. Um, can I, I? Oh, you'll be the first character, first character with negative levels and not dead. Uh, but CR one eighth. <laughs> okay. But I mean, like I said, sadly, this kind of backstory is not something your characters would know, and it's sad to say that because it it kind of gives a little bit more, you know, I want to say credibility, but it gives you more of a sense of why these people are doing these kinds of things. But I mean, other than that. Like I said, um, I know John, uh, Don is in here, and he's the one that likes to ask all the questions and do the research and stuff, but um, you guys tried to use the confabulation plate, I think that's what it was called. Um, it didn't work. Oh, well, it, it worked, but she didn't answer your questions. She chose not to answer them, and being limited to only asking being able to ask two questions, um, the effect of the plate wore off, and she once again passed away. Winter... No, 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 no. She has her way. Oh, I hate you. Okay, so today's is gonna be me and Justin then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I never tried a one-person, one DM game before, but hey, don't do it. It's terrible. <laughs> um. Okay, but um, Winter, um, like I said, Winter did not take the news very well. She is very upset. She wished you kept her alive, but um, Miss, I mean, choices cannot be undone, and uh, and so yeah, she is sitting there. Like one, she's not, she's not really like um, what's the word for it? She's not surprised. Uh, of what just happened, she she knew that this was gonna be the outcome that you weren't gonna get anything out of her, um, and so she just sits there like, now what? Well, we read as I pull out the journal of Millicent. It, hold on, just a quick second. Is this what you just said in the journal? <laughs> I'm sorry. What 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 have you have just said been in the journal? No. Okay, I just want to make it clear that this would have been a weird chronological, like 
<laughs> mishap. Not mishap, but a, a thing. I think that would be more there than a diary. If you, had, if you found her diary, maybe. Or diary. This is her journal. This is her journal, yeah. I'm not even going to get into the semantics of diary and journal. Um, we went through this before. Okay. Oh, oh wait. Before we say anything, did we figure out who was going to wear the chain shirt? I think Anya said she was going to wear it. Yeah, I thought she said she was going to wear it. It already takes up my slot. Okay. Why did you want it? Eh. Would it oh, be too wait, did we ever use the Scrolls of Restoration? Yes. Yes, they used it on me, remember? Oh. It was both I got you my con and... back. Yeah, you and Nestle. Okay. There's no way... Yeah, I was gonna say, there's no way we, uh... Could, uh, what's it called, uh... Get Winter to learn them, I don't think. <laughs> they were already used. No, I'm saying if if there was a way to. Uh, she's not high enough level yeah. to learn it. Um, she can cast it with no issue at all. She can learn the spell, uh, but she learns it at, I think, level 7. And I think I mentioned that uh, she's a level 5 cleric. So. Okay, so... Uh, okay, so as Winter sees that this isn't work, that this didn't work, she stands and uh, she walks over to Kuzer Amir's body and she uh, she takes out a, a scroll and uh, you see her uh, mutter a few words and you see Kuzer Amir's, Amir's body just uh, glow for an instant and then uh, and then that's it. And then she stands up and she goes like, oh, okay, so today was not a day I was expecting. I need some time to think, to uh, take it all in. You guys do what y'all need to do. Do um, you have books, journals? I ask you, uh, go through them, I guess. See if you can, see if you can find anything in there. Back then, uh. I can tell us anything about uh, Count Laos's location. Um, I'm, I, I really need to take time right now. I'll, I'll let, I'll let this get to my head a bit, and I'm starting to say things that I probably should not be saying. And uh, I'm just gonna have to get, you know, her body prepared for a, a proper funeral. Can't just leave her here like this. So, if you excuse me, I'm gonna step out for a minute. And if none of you stop her or anything like that, I I, I, I put my uh, I I put my hand on her wrist and I was like, I just a little little pat there. Like, okay, take the time you need. Yeah, we're sorry. We are really. We've been trying to go at this at a very quick pace, and we've not really taken the time to, you know, just let these things happen. You know, just the, the process. You need to just take the time that you need to go through this. I know she means a lot more to you than she did to us, so... I mean, pardon our frankness when it comes to how quickly we were able to get around this and not really worry too much about it, if that makes sense. We did put in as much effort as we could, but it wasn't enough, obviously. Hey, out of character? Uh, self-care is really important. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And burnout is a thing, so... Go ahead and take the time you need. We're going to take the day to read up on all of this that we brought here. So, as before she leaves, she she does turn one last time and say, I just don't want her death to be meaningless. If we can at least get any information on Count Laus's location, where he's at, where he's going, then she didn't die for nothing then. And she walks off. After she walks off, put my hand on Assad's leg, and I say, I don't think any death is actually meaningless. Yeah, I mean, every... Every death has a reason um, for happening, or else the gods would be uh, doing something. I don't know. It's it's. I would say they have it. It's in their plan, and they all have it handled. But I don't know. This stuff is getting kind of weird. I didn't honestly didn't look. I'm just saying, in my natural life, I didn't expect the gods to be so involved in our lives, specifically ours. I mean. Well, I mean, to be honest, the furthest thing we remember is the asylum. So. We weren't expecting much, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were pretty, we were pretty much blank slates at that point. Um, but yeah. Um, okay, so uh, and uh, oh, and uh, Anya decided to run off and just start doing her research on her own. Okay, uh, bye, Anya. Um, <laughs> well, no, I was just waiting for y'all to like to acknowledge her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I honestly thought Anya was gone. <laughs> no, Anya is in this room. Anya's with y'all. I'm just messing around. Although I feel like Donovan would find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 let me get. Let me get his laugh. Uh, okay, because I've, I've. He, he has a, a distinct laugh. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. That was. Oh, what? That was both accurate and oh. inaccurate at the same time. Somehow. <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> I'll probably end up editing that out anyway, so. Um, no, keep it in. Keep it in. We're allowed. No, because <laughs> no, I don't want to feel like I'm be making fun of him. But uh... Uh, We'll find out if you listen to the episode or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. We gotta listen to the episodes anyway, so. Um... For all, all mm. you guys know, I could be bashing on the outros, and you don't even know it. I will say that I really love the uh, uh, the in, the the uh, not the intro, but the uh, um, 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 tag not tag. We the description. There we go for the last episode that came out. Have you seen the yellow sign? Because oh used, yeah, I was uh, gonna ask you, how did you Z- do that? Zalgotex generator. Um, instead of doing it all at once, I actually increased the margin of corruption. Uh, for every couple of letters so that it would gradually get weirder and creepier. I just love Zalgo text generators and I wanted I had an excuse to use it for once. <laughs> so like the auditory version of that, uh, if you guys listen to the episode, read the description for uh, Have You Seen the Yellow Sign? Uh, it's uh, The description is, Have You Seen the Yellow Sign? <laughs> Something like that. You know, add some effects in there and you get the general idea. <laughs> I figured that it was my phone that was showing up weird. It's like, God, wait, why is this showing up so weird? And so I was like, wait, did John actually do something for this? And so I went on my laptop and then got on iTunes. And I was like, oh, shit, no, John did something to this to make it look like this. Uh, So, yeah, I was like, okay, that's cool. I didn't even know you 
could do that, but I thought it was like a special key sequence you had to type in to get it to show up like that. But no, that's cool. There that's probably cool. is, but uh, uh, somebody made a generator for it, so you could, don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but, but okay. So, what do you guys choose to do next? Oh, oh so I was going to say was uh, to Assad. You know, I do feel a little bad though. I think we could have made it. Okay, wait. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to like get uh, like absorb everything, everything Don related from every recording we've ever done, and see if I can be him in this in this episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you you tell uh, you tell uh, Assad. Onion what? Assad. I feel like we. I feel a little bad. I feel like we could have saved her. Essentially, that's what I was trying to say. And she goes, okay. Anya turns to you and is like, Well, you gotta feel bad about. You tried. Oh god, why am I on fire? I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Eventually, we will refer her to her as her true name, the Mother Hen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Anya. And turns like, What you gotta feel bad about? You tried. You tried everything. Well, our try wasn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, we... We didn't do it. I mean, that's... We... At the end of we, the day, that's what it is, right? We just checked the other building first. We can't bleed... We can't... Sorry, can't bleed. We can't be in multiple places at the same time. Can't you? Well, I, I, I mean, I don't have that kind of magic. I mean, maybe if I was a sorcerer? Or a, like, a wizard? I could probably learn how to do those, or maybe down the future I can make an extract that can give me that kind of ability. You like what I'm doing? How he goes into yes. explanations like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, that's generally what he does. But, I mean, he does it on purpose. That's his uh, character. But, uh, but no, I, I don't have that kind of ability. And don't you think if I did, I would have used it sooner? That makes a good point, yeah. Yeah, you are correct. What I'm saying is uh, a little sad that we didn't find this place earlier. Like, we didn't choose this. Well, Nussle, I mean, we've been... You know I'm we've saying... Been going through I, so I, I'm, not say, I'm not saying it's your fault. Or, but no, I'm I, just saying, I'm saying that is, you're now... I'm not saying it's your I, fault as he's I, rubbing his nose no. with a finger pointing directly at me. No, look, Nestle. first of all, rude. Second of all, um... No, I'm saying, like, we've already gone through the whole, there's things that are beyond our control spiel. So, like, I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks sometimes, and, I mean, yeah, we failed. Uh, we kind of just have to deal with that. I mean, that's just human nature at this point, right? Look, I'm just saying, for three guys who ended up in an asylum, and one of them ended up dying, and Sorry, I'm a, we, we were not tricked. A guy. I was referring to Karagor, <laughs> uh, which is why I said one of them died. Um, and, you know, getting this far, our entire time here, Nessel, has been based on failures that we have had in our lives, either because of something that we didn't do, we couldn't anticipate, or because of something that we did wrong, and we just have to deal with that, and, I mean, we're just, I'm blind, Nessel! <laughs> I'm blind. I forgot about that because I, I haven't been thinking about it for a while. Oh, you're right. You're damn I, right I'm right, I, and I'm not right. pointing at I, you. 
<laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I got I'm laughing before I'm even about to say this. Uh, uh, I'm sorry that we didn't have the foresight for this. You take that back. <laughs> you take that back. I'm going through things right now. I, I'm not actually, like, my character's not actually laughing. I am. Anya <laughs> will, will like walk up to you and be like you know you have to understand one thing and people in our line of work are going to have to accept that failure is a thing not everyone can be saved we tried our best we did that we did. Okay. Yeah, ain't failure just the worst curse of all? Nestle slaps his well, cheeks. I don't know, I think I can think what? of a better one. <laughs> wait. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> Whose cheeks is Nestle slapping, and which cheeks are they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, just to wake himself up. is essentially... Okay, so Nestle slapping his face cheeks, got it. His face cheeks, yes. To slap. As if he was trying to wake himself up. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Alright, so. We'll put a stop to this. I know we can. I agree with you on that. I'm pretty sure we got this in the bag. Um, do we, just because one little hiccup? I mean, well, it's a pretty big one. But you know what I mean. Uh, Anya. Saad. And me. We got this. And I reach my hand forward to, to put... To do a, uh, you, you know when you do like the one for all and go, hey, right in the air. You mean when you put your hand in the circle? Yeah, I put my hand in the chant? circle. Yes, I, I didn't know the word for it, or words for it. Yeah, put your hands here. How far away are you from me? I'm right next to you. I put my hand on your heart. <laughs> 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 and then I move towards where your hand is. <laughs> Alright, found your I hand. mean, to, to, to be fair, to be fair, I didn't specify where it was, so you're good, man. Uh, it's also a callback to the very last episode where I said that I can find people's hearts somehow, so there is that. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> you did say that, I forgot. Yeah. I forget. I, I, I keep forgetting you're blind. I forgot that I had that too. I'm useless outside of combat, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, if there are any zombies or undead creatures, which we find a lot of, uh, in creatures that don't have heartbeats, I'm just there. I'm useless. But if it's people and monsters that have hearts, I'm good. If we fight a suit of armor, I'm not going to be useful at all. <laughs> what if you fight a big heart? Uh, as long as it has a heartbeat, I can find it. <laughs> if it's not an undead heart, then well, Wait, I'm good. Wait, and Saad be terrified because like, oh shit, there's a huge heart. I wonder what that belongs to. <laughs> oh god, you just opened up a lot of questions. Hey, David, how big is his heart? <laughs> the biggest heart, bro. And you can say like All the right. heart is supposed to be the size of your fist. Balled up. So imagine one that's like the size of a house. Imagine what that goes I got into. Big hands. What does that tell me? It's a pretty big heart. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of heart disease there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I put my hand in the fist and we put it in the circle, and then 
is and that's all it does that too right i'm assuming yeah i i, I already said it was awkward i went from your chest to your hand well yeah sensual anya maybe i don't know uh, <laughs> she walks up puts your puts her hand on your heart and then goes down to your fist i guess mimicking the sod <laughs> you you didn't have to do that on you <clears throat> I saw a saw uh, do it. So. Anya, I felt your I felt your hand slide up my hand. Did you do the same thing I just did? <laughs> I thought that's I thought that's what we were doing. No, I, it, that was just the me thing. I think. Well, let's do it then. Let's make sure this works out in our favor, and we break. I put my hand up before you say before you before you do. I I, I just do it immediately after you stop say stop talking. Oh, okay. Anya's hand was on top of mine, so I feel like that would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're trying to make things awkward. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, I am. <clears throat> so the first thing we need to do is go through all this information that we've amassed. Stairs at all the books that we have sitting there in the corner. Like... Like, 20 of them. Hey, Nestle, uh, I'm not going to be... Uh, I don't <coughs> you don't have to talk about taking this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, uh... I'll, I'll, I'll get you some Braille. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say you can read them out loud if, if you would be a deer, but you... <sighs> Fine, I'll okay. read them out loud. Thank you. Hmm. Yes. Okay, well, so... I mean, okay. So here's yeah. the thing. Uh, Anya takes out all the books and everything, and um, uh, okay, I'll say it like this: you did you found the whole crate full of books. Uh, those are uh, the books that um, I don't know if you guys remember, but would have been quote unquote stolen by Nestle, and that little flashback thing. So these uh, are all the books that are owned that were owned by the uh, bookstore. Uh, the other books you found was uh, Maleficent spell book. Uh, you found two different journals or notebooks that belonged to Count Laus, and then you found uh, Maleficent's journal. Uh, so what I have right now, per se, is. Uh, I have a handbook, and I have the Panacotic manuscripts. I don't know how to say that. Narcotic? Narcotic. We, we talked about this last yeah. time. You don't so pronounce that is, the P. <laughs> that is the book that I said that I said contained some information about the old gods or the ancient gods, and it's also it's also being treated as a spell book for, her, or was being treated as a spell book by Melissa. Uh, the other. Uh, the other three books I have, let's see, uh, History of Versex and the Stars, uh, Deniable Refutation of the Works, Doomsaying Pseudo-Scholar, Dr. Henry Martin, and then I have the whole crate right here, so I'm not gonna read all of those out. Okay, so in the crate, it's where you would have had the journals, uh, uh, Count Lass's journals. Um... 
if uh, I thought you also had Melissa's journal, but if you don't, that means Anya has it. I I do have Melissa's journal. I I wrote that as Journal of Melissant. I I said uh the the narcotic manuscripts in the Journal of Melissant. So oh okay, I didn't hear the last part. But yeah, okay, so yeah, you guys have all the books then. Um, what is which ones are the ones you want to go directly into? Oh, I'm uh I want to read uh the, the manuscripts in the journal first. I would probably be the smartest idea the both from melissa Mille- yes the two books we've got ga- the, the most recent ones we've got okay so uh Asa, did you want to do anything with this um with the reading yeah uh, like, what, do you, what do you want to do between this because this is mostly to be anya and <clears throat> nestle I don't know if I mean, there's can, anything he, he can particular to it, you but... want to be. I mean, yeah, you can stay there if you want, but is there anything you specifically want to be doing or just be there? I mean, as melodramatic as I think that's the word. Probably not the right word. I'm just trying to use big words because I'm trying to sound smart. As dramatic as it would be, um, I feel like he would just be kind of playing with the, blo- oh, with the glasses while he's listening to Nestle and just kind of Mr. Sunday gave us glasses. The glasses yes. that he can't even use anymore. Okay. That's fine. It's still so... my glasses. Okay. I feel like I feel like flavor-wise, my eyes did get all glazy and stuff, and it's just a nice way of covering it up now. <laughs> okay. So, for the book, it's for the book itself that has. Um, do you have an orange arcana, by the way? Uh, yeah, I should. Hold on, let me check. I actually do... Wait, knowledge? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you have a point in it, right? Yes, I have a point in it. Okay. I uh, can still you... make the, the check untrained, but yes. Okay, so give me two knowledge checks. Uh, give me just a knowledge just based... That's intelligence. Give me a straight-up intelligence check, so just click intelligence. Uh, and then give me a knowledge arcana check. Okay, so intelligence check is 18, and my inspiration with knowledge arcana is at 27. Okay, so for your for okay, just for the uh, just the direct knowledge check. Um, okay, so I think I mentioned a little bit about the book, but um, the book itself contains information about the great old ones the elder it's here it says gods of the elder mythos and creatures associated with that and this and is for this I'm is sorry? for the manuscripts yes this is the, the i don't know how to pronounce pronounce it again something manuscripts uh, narcotic manuscripts yeah um this is the what gods you said it's a well it's all the elder gods the gods of the elder mythos so anything that has to do with the occult um, and the gods and those gods, that that's what you can find in this book. Um, so as you read through it, you find a little bit of information about certain other gods. Like uh, you, you see Haster, you see, um, what's the name of the one that can't... Yamandor? Uh, yeah, Yamandor. Um, let's see, what other gods are they? There is the the great old one, uh, what? Mor Mordigan? Is that one? 
not that I know of. I only know like the most like uh the most common. I don't know if I pronounced that right. How are you saying it? Only because he's uh he's mentioned in this in this adventure path. So I was like, oh wait, there's another good old one that's mentioned in the adventure path. Yeah, Mordigian. More. I don't think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, but that's Mordigian. how I said it. Mordigian. <laughs> well, this is the one time when we wish I wish I had uh had Dom, because he would not only correct us but then give us information who they are. But yeah, it goes oh, through, it, it goes over through uh, the gods, um, elder gods, a few information on there, and creatures associated with the elder mythos. Um, uh, okay, so as you're reading the book, uh, like I said, it is mentioned all that stuff. It also mentions, it also has information about portals and conjuration magic, um, the different types. And with your knowledge arcana, uh, you actually notice that these spells are written in the book. And I'll go ahead and copy and paste them for you. It's a pretty good long list. But I'll go over a quick thing. You have uh, spells like uh, Gate, uh, Greater Teleport, uh, Lesser Planar Binding, uh, Teleport Object, uh, Teleportation Circle. And like I said, there is more on there, but I don't want to go through the whole list. Um, also, um, the book will grant you a plus four circus dance bonus on all knowledge checks pertaining to conjuration magic or gods and magic of the old cult. Anything having to be anything relating to the occult um, and magic and magic in the conjuration uh, school you'll be able to gain a plus four if you take time and read this book for a week straight okay hmm, interesting oh so uh more digian or whatever I, i'm probably butchering it but anyways yeah well i mean again I, was, I, I just gave you another god's much? name on there just to show that if there's like a god you encounter you can with the help of this book you can probably do a knowledge check to see if you know anything. Oh, I I know I know you're you're saying words because you know you're you're the DM and the way you're saying it. But if we encountered more digging, I think we would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just read no knowledge book? will help help you. I guarantee you, Nestle, that if you you rolled a knowledge check to to see what, what more digging was while we were in front of it, you would die because you were trying to find out. <laughs> well, okay, I, I, okay, yeah, you're right. I say things because that's a uh, DM. You can also encounter his holy symbol. I guess in that manner, then yes, you're not wrong. Is that all I get from the manuscript? Early. Uh, yes. It, it, the manuscript doesn't really hold information I can give you directly. It's gonna, the manuscript is gonna help you gather information. Mm, okay. So if you encounter something, basically the information you've gained from reading this book, uh, it's what's gonna help you identify a lot of stuff. Okay. I think that would be super useful. Mm, but like I said, you have to read your character. You have to specifically tell me that your character is going to be reading this book for a week straight. Okay, I'm going to read that journal now. The journal. Okay. 
Wait, so do I have to read for the week straight, like no, like no breaks? No, it's not nonstop, but you have to take X amount of hours for the day to read the book. Okay. Oh, does X mean like two or three, or does X mean like eight? Most likely closer to the eight mark rather than the two or three mark. They can always like uh, cut the difference and take that, but. It's good to be at least more than like two hours a day. Okay. Alright, so Journal of Millicent. So in the journal provided by Millicent, uh, you, as you're reading, go ahead, uh, give me a, give me a perception check to see how good you're reading this book, this journal. Perception. 17. 17? Okay. So, going through all these books is going to take take you the rest of the day, basically. And, uh... Okay, so as you're reading the uh, uh, the journal, uh, the journal goes over a lot of occult stuff. Uh, uh, primarily uh, subjects over Haster himself. Um, on there, you see... She, you see that she wrote about how many bodies she has left behind how many minds she sacrificed to to Haster and you see that what she was trying to do is to activate the Starstellas she writes that she believes that the Starstellas connect this world to another uh, a, a city named Carcosa, the home of Haster, where he resides. And what she was wanting to do is activate the Starstellas to help bring Carcosa to this world. To basi basically to have Carcosa consume Thrashmore and be here. And so she can stand beside Haster himself. She wanted to be not just a disciple of Haster, but more like, I guess the best terms, like the Herald of Haster. I'm so glad you said Herald, because my thought, immediate thought was Sugar, uh, sugar Baby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I went with Herald because that's, a, I mean, that that's basically what I, when, when I re read this, it's basically what I pictured, like, she wants. She basically wants to be the Silver Surfer to Galactus. <laughs> basically, this all-powerful, all-destructive force. She saw beauty in it. She saw that Haster can reform this world to be perfect, to be his world, and knowing that if she was the one to bring him. To bring Carcosa to this world, or take this world to Carcosa, she can be his his right hand woman, his herald, and uh, she believed that she was close in doing so, because she had already activated so much of the pillar itself. The pillar was emanating magic, and she was able to use the pillar to do immense things. Oh, before you say anything, okay. So she believed that the Star Stellas 
connect the worlds together and Carcosa is the golden city, right? Uh, yeah, I think I'm not I'm not sure how different Carcosa is in Pathfinder from the HP Lovecraft world, but yeah, she believed that Carcosa and that the pillars themselves connected uh to another to another city. And she said that and she thinks Carcosa, it's Carcosa. Yeah, so it was the Carcosa the Golden City, and it held Haster there, or... or yes, or that is where Haster rules. According to to, the, to her, that is where she says Haster rules. Alright. Alright, that is what I wanted to ask. Okay. Because uh, in her journal, she does write down, like she says, she's able, she was able to activate the Star Stella. Now, she, she mentions they're not fully activated, but she's able to access a lot of, of what these Starstellas can do. Um, some of the stuff that Starstellas can do is that throughout... She writes down... This is gonna be, it's weird. Okay, so she she writes it down a different way, but I'm going to tell you exactly. It's like, these Starstellas have a certain amount of charges that you can activate from it. Uh, she writes down the only way to activate the Starstellas is that the creature... Or the being who is trying to benefit from the Star Stella has to bear an unholy symbol of Haster to activate it. Depending on what they wish to do, then then that would use up a certain amount of charge or certain amount of power that the Star Stella has. Uh, some of the stuff, or the primary stuff that she used it for, was that she had the ability that. It's called uh, City Stride, and it go and she writes down is by touching one of the Starcellas, a user can create a temporary portal on the wall within 200 feet from the stone. What stride? The, I'm sorry. City. City. City Stride. Yeah, that's the name. That's the name of the effect. City Stride. Uh, I'll start over again. Uh, by touching one of the Starcella. A user can create a temporary portal on a wall within 200 feet of the of the pillar. The user can then travel to another wall within 200 feet of the one uh, of of one of the other two star stellas. So as long as you are within 200 feet of any of the star stellas, um, you can basically teleport from one wall to another. The only thing about using this spell is that once you travel between one portal to another, you leave a mural of a gloomy abandoned city behind. And the other thing is called Sinister Whisper. Uh, I'll copy and paste them after this. And it goes, um, Sinister Whisper, by touching one of Threshmore Sarstellas, a user can transmit a short whispered message to any point within 300 feet of any of the three artifacts. All creatures wearing an unholy symbol of Haster within that area hears the whispered message and can give a short reply. The user can make a transferred message to how many feet within the, another Star Stella? Or is it uh, just... 300 feet. And again, I'll go ahead and copy and paste it for you. In the note, she also describes how... Okay, so in the note, it also says that if the stone is to lose all its charges, 
it becomes inactive and can no longer be used to reactivate the Sarstellas to, repl um, to replenish any energy it used to have you have to sacrifice someone a living creature in the name of Haster while in contact with the Starcella. Hey, does anybody does anybody know where to find Gamora? I think my joke wasn't funny enough. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Give me a sec. I need to try to write down. <laughs> wait, my wait, note. give me a minute. <laughs> Tell your joke after I finish writing. I didn't get yeah. it. Wow, you guys are jerks. Gamora. What? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> the sacrifice has to be within the range of the star cellar, right? Uh, you have to be you have to do the sacrifice while in, uh, while in contact with one of the star cellars. As a okay, player knowledge, um, player knowledge, uh, the artifact gains the number of charges equal to one, uh, gains one charge per hit die of the sacrifice victim. You know, if I'm playing an evil character, I'd probably do this. Or chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah, or chaotic neutral. Even chaotic neutral. Look, look, I, I in the real world, I in the real world, um, uh, feel bad uh, and respect uh, homeless people. But if I was playing a chaotic neutral wow, character, John, I'd be like, where's really that homeless guy? Oh yeah, yeah, the, the 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 most deranged homeless guy in this campaign. I forgot his name. Let me check his name. I have it's it like somewhere. Like Gregory or something. Actually, I think you're right. Holy cow! Uh, uh, he was played by Jack Black. Oh no, no, him. it's Els Elgor Na Nasmith. Yeah, they're grrr sounding there somewhere. Yeah. Gregory. Uh, <laughs> Elgor <laughs> Nasmith. Nasmith. Hey. How did we remember him but not Melisand? Who the fuck's Melisand? <laughs> 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 I will say, also player knowledge, uh, if you do you want to destroy one of these uh, pillars, there's only one way to destroy it. No, its creator has to destroy it. So a flying polyp is the only thing that can destroy this. A what? A flying polyp. That is what you guys saw making these before. We have. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, honest, I don't know how much of this is a goof or how much of this is real. First of all, I don't know Please. how to fly, spell flying polyp. <laughs> Can you spell flying? Can I? Again, I'll copy and paste it. Hopefully, I pronounced it correctly. Polyp. Polypine. I think he's I think he's dicking around with you, man. No, I I, I actually can't just spell polyp. That's it. Like it's P O L Y P. It just I, I didn't fail at two different spelling bees for this. I was close. I was, I was very close. Was it P P O L I P? Is that what you were thinking? Actually, yeah, I did a U instead of a Y. How the fuck? Polyp. You were way off. I heard polyp, like lup, like. David, I'm this close to kicking Justin off this podcast. <laughs> for spelling mistakes? Wow. <laughs> yes, for, for not knowing how to spell polyp. This is something that is unforgivable. 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 
Alright. When the stone is uncharged, it cannot be... I don't remember that part. <laughs> What's it's there. I'm going to keep going forward. Okay. Um, hey, uh, does uh, does Nestle have that condition yet or no? Uh, well, no. I didn't give him Well, no, but I, I, ha- I, I, Justin, have it already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just about to say, does Justin have it <laughs> right now? Other things that she writes, she actually has an entry before uh, a couple of days at... Uh, Around the same days that it's reported that Count Wiles uh, left, left the city, and she actually writes down in the journal that Count Wiles has left Thrashmore in search of a book that he isn't sharing much of. He says that the book will help him find the city. I'm not sure what he's looking for, but I do know that what he's trying to do is bring back. A ring, bringing being Zalmador, the god of decay and destruction. And if he thinks that Zalmador will grant him any power, then he is a fool. If he's left, and if he is able to bring Zalmador to Galarian, then nothing but death will follow behind it. Of course, his plan would never work. He's not smart enough. He doesn't have what I have. True devotion. Haster is the answer. Haster is the one. (laughs) There has to be the right. Sounds like a great slogan. (laughs) (laughs) Can that be the name of like this? Yes, it is the episode name now. Yeah, screw Team Jacob or Edward. It's all about that Team Master. Um, it has to be it. Basically, that's what she's right. It has to be it. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) If Don was here, would we not have this many puns this episode or something? I feel this is a very pun-heavy episode. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy as the hand that makes the puns. You see, when uh, when we have... Don here, I can't crack my <laughs> jokes as often. Please do crack your jokes <laughs> as often. We're trying to make this funny and fun for everyone. Um, well, okay, so basically, yeah, our main goal. Uh, the, the last parts of the journal describe how Count Laos has left Thrashmore in search of a book. Um, he really thinks that the book holds the secret to the location of a city. And, the location uh, of which city? She doesn't say. Oh. She says that the Starstellas hold the is the key to getting to Carcosa. Oh, okay. So Uh, there's two different cities. Yeah, the one she's talking about is Carcosa. She's saying that Count Laos is in search of a different city. In hopes of finding the book, right? Yeah, finding the what you guys already know is the ne- Necronomicon. You you guys already found that out. So basically, with that information, all that Melissa knew was that Count Laos, uh, after doing what he did, has decided to leave Thrashmore in search of a book. Uh, the book you guys have come to know as the Necronomicon. Was told by the uh, mad poet its location. 
he told him, this is where you can go to find the ne Necronomicon. And in the Necronomicon, you will find the location of the city you're looking for. And so he packed everything up and left, not really giving much information to, um, to Mollison of where he is going. At least if, or if he did, she did not write it down. But yeah, all, all she wrote down was that he has gone off in search of the city, hoping to find the answers to unlock or bring forth Zamondor for some reason. Which, uh, from what she wrote down, she's not a big fan of the, that that certain being. As Me neither. <laughs> he's being a, as. He's been known to be a god of decay. So she knows that having him come forth to Galarian will just bring death and destruction. While if she can bring... But she's not really worried about that. Um, she doesn't believe ha uh, Count Hastings Laos has the devotion or the power to do so. That he's going out on a fruitless mission it, the real power or the the real um, strength comes from the Starstellas here that these will help bring forth a god but not Zomador Haster that's who she wants okay out of game I'm kind of happy we stopped her because imagine if we didn't there would be two gods fighting and you guys dying in two different ways. Um, but then if you decide... Also not to mention how that even works metaphysically. <laughs> and then if you decide to move on to the journals left by... Uh, or finish reading the journals left by... Um, uh, Count Laos. Yeah, because you also found La Count Laos's journals. Uh, I gave you like, a quick uh, uh, information about some of the stuff that was in there I, I mentioned the the gift he gave to uh, the map poet the reason he was looking for the map poet uh, again I, I'll, I'll go to a uh, quick uh, uh, quick info dump here in case you guys forgot but in the journals that you when you first read it uh, I mentioned that Count Laos had found a way to travel to the dreamland dreamlands that didn't involve just falling asleep he found a ritual to do so and that is the ritual you guys saw in the uh, weird dream sequence you had when Anya tried to cast psychic surgery on you uh, oh. uh, yes. he managed to find a way to travel to the dreamlands without you know falling asleep but through a ritual uh, there he f he went for the purpose of of finding information about a city that he's been looking for, the he has he hasn't named the city or, or said anything because I know I think Justin just asked if it was uh, about the the name of the city. Like you haven't found that out yet. Um, there he found uh, he found information about a person that knows everything. Basically, he he would know the location of the city, and he finds out that the name of the being or the person is. He, uh, would they call him the mad poet um, there um, he gathered information about him like what he needs to do to find him and he found out that the only way to speak with him 
as if you bring him gifts. Uh, he doesn't write down the gifts or what he gave him. All he writes down is that when he once he attained them, he took his uh, he took his companions, which you guys connected to be Assad, Nestle, and Karagor, to the map poet, and sacrificed their minds for the information. And that is what you guys saw. Um, oh wait, no, that's what you saw when you did the psychosurgery was you got your minds being sacrificed the portal is what Nestle saw when uh he was reading when you guys were in the book in the room with the uh the decapitated head body and the one with the lower torso on the beds i don't know if you guys remember that um so Nestle was the one that saw the ritual and he he, he told everybody else about it but yeah, after sacrificing the minds of his companions, he was giving the information of a book that can tell him where to find the city that he's been looking for. And the book title was the Necronomicon. And he gave him, uh, he told him where he can find it. Uh, he wasn't a hundred percent sure uh, uh, whether the information was correct or, or trustworthy enough. So, um, this is now new information you're going to be receiving. So, in the journal, when he describes about gaining this information, he goes has and has it double-checked to confirm whether this book does exist and if that is the location of the book. Um, in a journal passage, you see that he, he has been talking with someone, um, I have no clue how to pronounce his name, but I'm gonna go copy and paste that. Okay, so this is uh, this is still in Laos's journal. Yes, this is in Laos's journal. It's so uh, okay. So in the journal, you you read this name. I don't know how to pronounce that. My Moon. It sounds like reverse speech. My, it's really inconvenient. Makanan Moon. Myaknianmun. M I A C K N I A N M U N. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Myaknianmun went to the store. Myaknianmun? To buy some bread. Myaknianmun? What is it? Num. Nain. Cam. I don't know how to say it. Mac, uh, Mac Daddy Mom. Mac Daddy Mom. <laughs> but there's not even a D. Yeah, you gotta improvise, man. Translate. <laughs> okay, Mia. so you oh. see in the journal there's a little passage. It seems like to be a little a note sent by uh, Mun, I guess. And the note reads this. Who would like to read it? Okay. Ooh, I haven't spoken in a while. Go oh. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Wait. Moon. Um, it seems that the mad poet you met in your dream journey was right. The book you seek, the Necronomicon, is located in a special collection called the Mysterium in the Kadiran city of Kathir. Though it is written in Necril, if you can find a way to retrieve it and bring it to me, I can certainly help you translate and research it. I look forward to seeing you again, my old friend. Um, oh, we all lead. Ooh, David. Damn, yes. David, 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 David. Are we, are we gonna go to Kathir? 
You don't have to answer that. Can I write con that it's all just from Kathir? <laughs> it's in Kadir. I didn't give him a specific city he's from. <laughs> um, you know what? I never even thought about it. They're in the same place. He's from Kadira. Kadira is a continent. Is a, is a it's like a country though. So like, it, he it's it's like saying, hey, this is New York City. He's from New York, the state, not the city. <laughs> <laughs> Food for thought. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know that there's two places where he can be, according to this message. Um, wait, maybe mean a certain bug or translate. Uh, no, wait, it's only one place. Kathy. It's only one place. The Mysterium in Kadirin, the city of Kathir. And that's what we, he is, he probably is right now. That is where probably he was heading. But how long ago was this passage? Can I? Would I be able to? Hmm. You would think it would have to be. You would think it would have. It's like towards the end of the journal, so you would think it would have to be a few months ago. But um, give me a knowledge local or geography. Wait, that no wait. Why? Yeah, geography. Okay. Geography, you said? Yes. 20 total. Oh, no. 19 total. I rolled it twice on accident. You know, it's a pretty long distance away to get there. Uh, it's going to take a couple of months to get there. So if he left, um, uh, probably he would have been getting there about time you guys left the mansion. I mean, not the mansion, the, the asylum. Because you guys were in the asylum for about two to three months and that's uh it, it takes a few months for you for you to get to uh to the city it takes probably like a month and a half so probably been that long if not longer but i mean that's kind of the only place you have left to search that is where he was heading okay so i tell sod we finally got it. We finally have a lead. Oh, thank God, I know. I was listening is. to every word you said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um... Uh, what else can should we be able to read now? Um, at least... I would say everything else will take you a few more days to read. So... You can, if you want, you can do that another day. Um, but because, I mean, one thing is you f you found the information you were looking for. Where he can be or where he was off to. And, and that's like the, that's the important part. That's, that is what you are looking for. In the sense that about, you're not going to be, there's no more combat here. There's nothing to be done. Everything else, pretty much next episode will be you guys ending book two for good and starting into book three um but the main thing i really want to tell you is that with this episode ending you guys level up you guys level up just say we leveled up we leveled yeah. up and we did oh. it 
And so I will end this episode by saying, as you guys finish reading these books, these journals, um, and again, my must some of this might get edited out because I swear I thought there was this information was a little bit more different. But as you guys finish reading this in books and finally picking up the notes, Anya uh, stands up and she goes, "You know, we've." Uh, We've have everything now. We can, we can meet with Cezadaya in winter tomorrow and see what we do, you know, going forward. If we have to chase after him, we may have to chase after him. But um, I think, I think we should call it a day. Leave. What? Uh, what? Wait, just see what's. Uh, oh God. Um. And then she passes out and falls on the floor. Anya! Uh, Anya? Are you. Anya! 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 Uh, I, we, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we run towards there. And we, I like or I run towards there and I'm just like, Anya! And then Anya just. She falls down with her eyes open as she sees everything starts to fade out and fuzz out. And she enters darkness. And with that, I'll see you guys next time. Um, oh, no, I, sh I, I should have ended it with, not another coma. <laughs> <laughs> not another coma. <laughs> not another one. <laughs> <laughs>